Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth-65, also known as Spider-Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen-65. I'm Pax. And I'm Abigail. So before we start going into what this episode is going to be about, first we're going to have a laundry list of a weekend update for you today. Yeah. First of all... Um, last month, Sony at the uh, CinemaCon convention, they actually unveiled the first 15 minutes of footage for Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse. I, I mean, if they got the first 15 minutes done, should, why, why is it taking them so long to finish the rest of it? Why is it, just, is it not? They got, they got that first 15 minutes all polished up and the rest of it's we got to wait a year for? Like Technically, you can blame COVID, but maybe this is just to make it more awesome. Yeah, no, it is. It is it like they must have stacked the work in the first fifteen minutes, I guess, so that they could they could do screenings like that. But that's very early to be showing people your film. It's very early. Because yeah, remember technically this was supposed to be a two part movie, but um, they just decided to split it into two because the story was too big. Yeah, uh, did we get many details from it? Like any plot details? It says that in the first 15 minutes so far that, um, well, this is mostly Gwen-centric. Yeah. Really? No way. I haven't, I haven't read anything, any, any, any much from it. And is there any new details about Gwen? Are we seeing anything of, like, her Earth? Yeah, it actually opens up in Gwen's dimension where uh, she actually battles a multiversal vulture at the Guggenheim Museum. Very cool. Okay, that's, that's very cool. Exciting. The description that they give the vulture here is that he's an Italian man who speaks in stylized subtitles. How does that work? So he's from like, what, he's from like a stylized subtitles Italian planet then? Is that, is that the implication? Yeah, he's probably like a an Italian vulture. Because uh, it says here that his suit looks like something that Leonardo da Vinci made. Oh, like, of course, because Leonardo da Vinci made like a like a flying man suit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see the vision. I see the vision. Yeah, and it says that um, after she defeats the vulture, there's a, a portal that opens, and coming out of the portal is a Spider-Man twenty ninety nine. Let's go, Oscar Isaac for the win. And then later, uh, Jessica Drew comes in uh, on a super spy motorcycle, and she's five months pregnant. Oh, that's so great. That's so great that they're doing that. I love that. And then upon seeing Jessica, Gwen jokingly asks her if uh, she can adopt her. Uh, I don't know how that works. Well, Gwen's a teenager, and let's say Jess is in her, let's say, 30s. If Jess can adopt Gwen. Okay, I see it that way. Yeah, so yeah, after they battle the vulture, Captain Stacy sneaks up on Gwen and then tries to arrest her for the murder of Peter Parker. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm guessing, like, based on that recap that was in the original movie, that means, like, yeah, Peter's death is framed as a murder. Yeah, that's wild. Like, they're, they're adapting the, the real stuff. The Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. We've definitely got to put spoiler warnings before all of that for the, for the listeners. But wow, that is wow. Yeah, no, that's very cool. And then later on, it says that Gwen unmasks herself to Captain Stacy, but uh, he still moves on with um, arresting her and declaring her rights and stuff. Okay. Well, right, like later on in the 15 minutes. And then just as she's about to get arrested, uh, Miguel saves her by giving her one of his uh, portal watches, and then she just flees. Wow. Okay. All right. 
Spider-Man 2099 says no to cops too. <laughs> and then later it cuts to Miles' universe where he and his parents are uh, in the principal's office saying that because Miles wants to get into a Columbia University, but because of his Spider-Man duties, his grades are abysmal. Right. And then, yeah, the principal tells Miles that um, that their son is lying to them. Oh, what? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, well, they just they just they're just showing all of this to people. This is yeah. But yeah, and that's just the first fifteen minutes. But uh, pretty much, it's all Gwen centric. Very cool. I'm looking forward to all of that. That is yeah, nice. Very cool. Um, they're taking the fright out of Edge of Spider Verse number two. There, aren't they? Yeah, and just to think that uh, this could have been in October, but now we have to wait 13 more months. Oh man, that sucks. That really sucks. But yeah, it's pretty much adapting Edge of Spider-Verse number two, but sub in the Rhino for the Vulture instead. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And instead of a uh, concert, it's at the museum. Yeah. But with Across the Spider-Verse in mind, um, this was originally called Part 1, but Part 2 has actually been retitled Beyond the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I saw that. I, I like that. I'm not a big fan of like Part 1, Part 2 type things. Like I feel like something like a story should be able to stand on its own. You know, It shouldn't have to rely on you having seen a, another film before it. I guess the naming kind of makes sense because I saw floating around on the internet that uh, the title's meanings is that the first one, you know, we're being introduced to the concept of the Spider-Verse, hence into, and then the second entry, uh, because there's going to be more spiders being introduced and it's traveling, we're being taken across the Spider-Verse. Right. And then depending on what story is going to be going on next, we're going to be going beyond Right. Yeah, no, I, I I see that angle. I see that vision. So, but what would be after Beyond? Is there anything after a Beyond? Um, I don't know. I feel like they could just keep throwing adjectives that are about moving in there, you know, and it wouldn't be wrong per se, you know. Because Beyond it seems like, you know, the end of something, like you can't go further than Beyond. Just look at Beth, Bad, and Beyond. Yeah, uh, Bed, Bath, and Beyond, notably the only shop in that department. It's, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the only thing I could think of where you can't put anything after Beyond. You can't, no. Um, Everything but the kitchen sink. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm just hoping that um, like one of these two movies is going to be a lead into that produced Spider-Woman movie. Yes. The Spider Woman, I, I, the stuff is I'm particularly interested in them doing pregnant Jessica Drew and also doing it five months. You know, they leaves them a lot of wiggle room. They could do another, yeah. No, pregnant Jessica Drew is like goated character arc. Um, love that. And then, uh, but moving along to the comic side, I think this is pretty much good news for Gwen fans like us. Anyway, Gwenverse number two also got a second printing. Yes, uh, this I was particularly pleased to hear about because this wasn't the case for Gwen and Versus Carnage. This wasn't the case for um, even, I think, Ghost Spider 2019. Um, this is the first time Gwen's had a second printing on a second issue in a while. So it seems that this uh, series has done decent-ish numbers. Um, you know, enough, not, nothing, to, nothing to blink at. Um, yeah, no, very pleased to hear this. Although I'm not sure if this is just because it would be technically first appearances of um, this Gwen as this hero and so on and so forth. Yeah, um, 
I think there is a gimmicky component to it. Like they they've maximized this in a way which lends itself to like sales and that. But um, it's it's good to hear nonetheless. But the variant cover that they have for the second printing, um, it's the same as the first one, except uh, Gwen is wearing Pete's red and blue colors, which to me, um, like as a design choice and also in a social choice that uh, Gwen 65 should just stay far away from Peter Parker as much as possible. Oh, yeah, it sucked. So, uh, that that cover sucks. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm pleased to got the second printing, but the cover sucks so, so much. On the record, this wasn't even David Nakayama's idea. It was like one of the editor's ideas. Honest, yeah, like literally, like this. This minimal amount of effort put in zero marks. Yeah, um, I, I'm not a fan of these DNA covers. This is, this, but this is egregious. This one. Because I think I've ranted before how Gwen's design is sacred. You don't touch, and unless if it's the symbiote, don't touch anything. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I just got that impression they were they're really messing with something there. Moving on, um, like I don't know why we keep saying all of these delays, but I think it's just just so you know, like oh, when they'll come out anyway, because they are gonna be released eventually, just not on the date that it was intended. But one verse number four got delayed to July twentieth, meaning mm-hmm. that issue five is gonna be released August twenty fourth. Yes. Uh. Yeah. They're just. They're, they're. I think they're just pushing all of them back now. Um. I think. I think we could just expect to keep, keep seeing them push this full this whole miniseries back now, right? Yeah. Cause uh, this whole anecdote that I have is that um, if everyone remembers that episode of SpongeBob SquarePants where Plankton magically switches lives with Mr. Krabs, so Mr. Krabs was the one who's stealing the uh, Krabby Patty formula. And then when he was foiled, he told Plankton that he was going to try again tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day (laughs) and then the next day. As he keeps walking out, he keeps saying, and then the next day. And then when SpongeBob hands Plankton the phone, it's still Mr. Krabs saying, and then the next day and then the next day and then the next day. He's going to be here forever. Gwen, Gwen versus been delayed. Gwen versus been delayed. So yeah, it's going to be like, yeah, Gwen versus going to be released on this week. Oh, not this week. Then maybe the next week. And then the next week. It'll be here eventually. That's the point. Schrodinger's uh, Gwen versus release date. Um, yeah. But yeah, it will be here. It will be here. You just got to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, it'll get here. This series is definitely getting published. It's not going to get like what's happened to Gwen Stacy 2020, which is like... There's some next kind of delays um, been thrust upon that. But back to uh, some good news. If you've been following the uh, Spider-Verse Unlimited uh, series on Marvel Unlimited, there's been a Gwen sighting in the fourth issue where she actually poses as Miles' tour guide at ESU. And um, she's actually pretty much perkier, like way more perkier than I think than when Costa wrote her. Yeah, I'm I'm yet to read the series, but they're they're going in hard on the like spider sidekick vibes for a very very chipper kind of spider family portrayal, which isn't the worst thing. Um, I'm thinking in my mind that uh, Gwen is excited at the perspective of Miles attending the same school as uh, her and Pete, and then they can just all hang out and do spidery stuff together. Yeah, I I mean it's yeah. Like the the going with that um, holy branding trinity of Gwen, Miles, and Pete. 
I think with it, and that's just that's, they're just running with that, which isn't the worst thing. I, I I think I think we'll end up we'll we'll review it here on the podcast at some point. Well, mostly the Gwen centric issues because um well they're gonna focus on everyone. This is just a Miles arc right now. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It may be a limited thing, honestly. Yeah. Especially with the uh, with the other news that was announced. <laughs> Oh, yeah. For those of you who have been patiently waiting for Gwen Stacy 2020 to finish publishing, uh, we're all going to be getting that in a giant-sized issue launching later later this year called Giant Size Gwen Stacy Number 1, where it's a reprint of the first two issues and then finally reprinting the last three. They're just putting all of it out. Um, yeah, uh, which is great. I'm I'm excited that they're doing that. Um, very pleased. This is practically a glorified trade at this point. Yeah, uh, it, it no, it is. They, yeah, they just they're like a whole trade is a single issue. That's wild. I think this is just to make more. Is this technically making more money than they would have publishing the uh, last three issues on its own? Um, I think they just wanted to get it out of the way. Like they just they couldn't find room in the release schedule. So I, it's got to be more money to release in one by one. That's why they keep doing it. Right, single issues have a much higher profit margin um, than other forms of, of publication. But just that they, they they have such a tight release schedule, they couldn't squeeze open enough of a angle to get to get them in there. So it's, yeah, it's just how it's worked out. But yeah, we will be uh, doing Giant Size Gwen Stacy number one on the show because uh, well, it's our show. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, no, it's it's Gwen Stacy. Uh, not ours, admittedly, yeah. but a Gwen Stacy, and um, yeah, I, I think it's worth worth giving it a fair shake, giving it an episode, or as I like to call the book, the secret origin story of Kindred that never came to be. Yeah, the the <laughs> the initial Nick Spencer plan. Yeah. Um. And then lastly, this was a uh, this was announced last week. We're going back into the Spider Verse one more time, which might be the end, where it's gonna begin like this summer, or based on our luck, or practically the paper's luck, uh, it's gonna probably gonna start in September because of all of these delays. There's been a second volume of Edge of Spider Verse announced, which is gonna lead into another uh, mini series called End of the Spider Verse. Yeah, they're trying to replicate the success of the original 2014 Spider-Verse here. They've got Slot back. They've got an Edge of the Spider-Verse miniseries. And they're like announcing it like, this is the miniseries which brought you Spider-Gwen and Penny Parker SPDR. This is the same thing. We're doing it again. And yeah, I don't know. And they're also saying they're definitely ending the Spider-Verse now. It's not like Spider-Gwen. They're definitely ending the Spider-Verse. So... We'll see how that goes. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm just hoping Gwen's done justice here. Like they, like she's too way too important to be killed off here. Yeah. Um. I I, I think it was you who's saying to me that like uh we've had a we've Spider Verse initially was very Peter Parker oriented. Spider Geddon was very Miles Morales oriented. That this this one could be the one which kind of focuses more on Gwen Stacy. Yeah, because I think she's the only one one of the Trinity who uh. Like hasn't had a spider event focused solely on her leading a team of spiders. Well, at least this time she won't come into conflict with Auk because I think pretty much last time they were together, uh, she pretty much put him in his place. Yeah, I, th- I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's uh, it's not like Gwen's got a lack of multiverse issues, but yeah, I, th- I think I think Dan Slot going into this, you might look at 
the kind of stuff he's done with Spider-Verse. And he probably thinks he's, he's probably quite proud that he made Spider-Gwen, or at least had the initial idea to make Spider-Gwen. He's not really a creator of her as such, but he's he's probably quite pleased that he is, you know, responsible for her. Like he gets at least twelve percent of the credit. Yeah, he gets twelve percent of the credit. He had the thought to have a Gwen Stacy who was a spider hero and um, made a bunch of notes for her that never really got used. But um, you know, he he probably he's probably keen to try and maybe put some kind of ownership, some kind of stake in in that character. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, his writing of her has been okay. He tends to write. He t- he keep he kept trying to pair her with different characters uh kind of forgetting her age maybe a couple of times I, I think he did eventually click on that she was a bit younger than kane and peter parker towards the end of his uh writing over there but he did, he, he has written a few of her like earlier appearances and and they were they were fine they were decent writing um there's some nice panels there um so i'm 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 yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to it dan slot obviously he's uh, he's definitely a, a controversial uh, writer, especially if you're an amazing Spider-Man fan, you 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 had to read ten years of Dan Slott comics, so uh, you probably have a lot of opinions there. Um, what's good, what's bad? Um, Superior Spider-Man went on too long, whatever. You know, like I, I don't know, like the standard the standard discourse, you know. But but this is new, this is different, and it's not Peter Parker centered. It seems. But I think in um in my opinion, his best stories were Spider Island, Superior his take on renew your vows and go down swinging yeah um it was yeah no he he's, he he got some hits in there you know like i feel like i feel like 10 years of having to write spider-man for marvel you know you're going to have some misses making him a ceo that's a miss <laughs> but i feel like that this new volume of edge of spider verse number 2 they're looking for the next ghost spider because uh, there's all of these new spiders being introduced to how um in issue 1 you got a uh, on the cover, you see some sort of dinosaur. They're calling it Spider Rex. And then they release some design sheets also. Where um Oh, but also in the second cover, there's a brand new Spider UK that's not Billy Braddock. Yeah. Uh, the, the people from the UK. What's up with those? You know, why, why are they a thing? British people? Really? Really, Marvel? British people? Why are you trying to push British people? You know? <laughs> But back to the design sheet. So there's going to be a Craven spider totem that's called the Hunter Spider, who is designed by Mark Bagley. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very sexy. And then there's also like a Scottish spider totem who's wearing a kilt. And I'm not sure if he had a bagpipe or not, but he's called Spider Baird, designed by Martin Cocolo. Yep, that's uh, that, that was a choice. That was, um yep. Uh huh. That's the thing that exists. But the one that's getting the most attention, who I'm pretty much convinced is going to be the next Gwen, is a, a spider totem that's actually Felicia Hardy, who's called the Night Spider. Yeah, Night Spider looks cool. I I'm I'm here for Night Spider. Definitely excited to see what they do with that. Who is designed by Chris Anka? Yes. Yeah. No. Um. It was a good design. Yeah, they, I think I think that's that's the one they're banking their money on there. I I think they 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 are optimistic about that one. Because let's see, we have MJ from Re- Renew Your Vows as Spinneret, and then yep. obviously we got our girl Ghost Spider right here. And then yep. I think they just wanted to bank uh, Peter's primary love interest by turning Felicia into a spider. Yeah, yeah, I like the idea of a spider hero who burgles. Like that seems fun, especially if they try and use the bad luck stuff there. You know, I don't know. They might not. There's no there's no cat themed or black cat themed or anything like that. So um, 
but yeah, I, I do think there's some interesting stuff they could do with that. And like, honestly, just having a Chris Anka designed uh, new Black Cat design, uh, Buffalo Hardy design rather, is going to pull in a lot of people. I think it's um, yeah. But yeah, can't wait for the second volume of Edge of Spider-Verse and then eventually End of Spider-Verse. Uh, we will be covering End of Spider-Verse on the show because, um, well, if it's a Gwen-centric story or not, well, Gwen's going to be there anyway. But for Edge, are we going to cover just the Gwen issue or are we just going to cover the whole thing? I think um, we should cover the Gwen issue, maybe, maybe leave the others, and we want to cover end of spider-verse issue by issue as that comes out yeah i guess that makes sense unless if gwen pops up in the other edge issues where she's like hey get in loser we're going shopping yeah maybe yeah maybe it's a bit like that uh like what they did for miles and spider-verse but yeah no i i I, i'm I'm looking at all of this i'm excited i will say obviously it's a dan slot written event it could go either way but um I'm, i'm excited for this and um you know even if we don't get a gwen stacy solo comic uh, for a while after Gwenverse, we will have this, which does appear to be really concentrating on Gwen. So, you know, I'm, I, I miss Earth 65. I hope we go back someday. Um, I hope this forces them to write Gwen in, a, in, in, in Earth 65 properly again. But, um, but yeah, no, um, pumped to see what's going on and what's happening. Um, yeah. Do you think it's a coincidence that um, Gwen's getting a story in this volume of Edge of Spider-Verse in the second issue and she made her debut in Edge of Spider-Verse number two? No, I, I don't think it is. I, I think I think they they are trying to pay some homage to that. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I am. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I'm looking forward to a, to a Marvel comic book. Um, so let's let's go. Let's go corporate media. I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here. And I suppose this was supposed to tie into Across the Spider-Verse before it got delayed, but uh, they just decided to push it anyway. Honestly, like, that's been half of their stuff. Like, Marvel Comics haven't had to delay their comic books in the same way that Marvel Studios at Marvel Studios have had to delay their um, their uh, live-action-made uh, projects. So it's it's meant that we've had a lot of, like, comic books that have been out for, like, six months um about characters that are only just getting their comic books like moon knight comic was going for ages before the moon knight series came out i think the falcon and the winter soldier comic finished before the falcon and the winter soldier release like um you know there's there's several instances of this but yeah uh, they're probably just going to do another spider-verse comic honestly i know they're saying it's the end of the spider-verse but they're probably just going to do another one or at least a spider-verse adjacent thing following year or maybe the end is what they want us to think, and then the Spider Verse is still intact. It's just like um, um, the Arrowverse when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths a couple of years ago. Uh, they thought that the uh, multiverse was uh, all destroyed, and it's just Earth Prime right now. But in actuality, like some of it was restored. Yeah, I, I, I really, I cannot see them doing it. Um, it might be Dan Slott and Devin Lewis and, and um, Nick Lowe's full intention to end the Spider-Verse right now. But I, I cannot see them doing that on a permanent basis while they are still making Spider-Verse films, at least. It seems very strange. Because I think the worst case scenario is if they merged uh, 65 and um, 1610 and whatever other Spider's universe into 616. Oh yeah, that'd be gross, but I, I can't I can't see them. That'd be a bigger, more wider reaching event, I think, if they did that, you know. 
Yeah, because that's exactly what um, Arrowverse Crisis on Infinite Earths did. They just merged Earth 1, Supergirl's Earth 38, and uh, Black Lightning's Earth all into Earth Prime. See, that's, yeah. No, they don't, they don't need to do that right now. Yeah. Um, that'd be strange. Anyway, like, come September, we're going to have some more Gwen popping up. Yeah, we, I, 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 I know it, like, always seems like, like, we're always on the verge of, like, running out of comics, but there's always another comic. There's all, the Marvel always making another comic book for us to cover that has, uh, Gwen 65 stuff in. Um, you know, Ghost Spider Groupies continues on. We obviously always look forward to the day where we have uh, a solo Gwen 65 ongoing. But, you know, even without that, we have plenty of interesting comics, plenty of um, interesting stuff to discuss and to review. Um, and um, yeah, no, it's been it's been good. It's been good. We have done 38 episodes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And this is like what? Well, technically, we celebrated our anniversary a few weeks ago. We're just recording this right now because of IRL stuff. Yes. My apologies. Yeah, it's been a ride. You know, it's been it's been it's been a long way. But yeah, no, it's it has been a year uh, since we started producing episodes of Ghost Spider Groupies, and and we have done the full Spider Gwen solo books. We've done all of her adjacent appearances. We've done more than that. We've interviewed all kinds of folks. It's been it's been it's been wild. I realized I was a woman. Y- you know, all kinds of things happened. Um, you know, it's 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 mad. It's mad. A year ago, like I didn't even think about getting into podcasting and then uh, um wait, am, I, am I telling the origin story right now or Yeah, do it. Do it. Tell tell the folks your your thought process back back when we were baby podcasters. <laughs> okay, so um as like many of you know, like from before, like I'm from Canada. Yes. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> like uh, my province, uh, it was like the uh, second or third lockdown. Like I, I could, I stopped counting at that point because there were so many. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then one day, I just had this random thought. Like I was finishing up my uh, a semester. I only had two weeks to go, but then uh, I decided to shoot you an email saying, "Hey, do you want to start a podcast with me about Spider Gwen?" I remember it. I remember. It. I was very pleased. No, I was, I was. It was great. That was a great email to receive. Well, technically, like we interacted before that, like because uh, we, like back in like the fall or something, uh, like we just followed each other on Twitter, and then I hopped onto the Discord server, and then we would interact there. Yeah. Um. I. You know. I during the pandemic, I I fell into a, a comic book reading kind of like phase and and i had a huge i mean i'm still in the phase um but i had a huge spider going hyper focus i i was fixated very hard on spider Gwen for i want to say at least half a year to the point where i would write very lengthy reddit threads packed with emotional appeals to marvel to renew spider Gwen comics because of course ghost spider like i discovered and fell in love with ghost spider and then ghost spider number 10 came out where it was revealed that the whole series was cancelled um and i was very very heartbroken by this but yeah like so 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 i had been writing these very very lengthy threads about it um and and i've been getting some decent reads and a lot of conversation on the r spider Gwen subreddit and so with that in mind abigail knew of me as the person who was making loads of spider gwen threads and could talk at length about spider gwen um so so that that's sort of that's sort of how abigail knew to email me about creating a spider gwen podcast yeah because um 
Well, I'm just going to say, like, my first experience uh, reading Spider-Gwen, it's, like, I think I started before you because, uh, like, I started yeah. reading her regularly back in 2017 when Gwenum was starting. Well, and mostly because at that time I got a job and therefore I had money to buy comics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The dream. And then, you know, come last year, I never thought I would meet someone who was a big of a fan of Spider-Gwen as I am. And then I ran into Pax on Twitter about all of the uh, uh, Spider-Gwen threads that she was making. And then I, I, I just had to follow you. Yeah, no, thanks. No, I appreciate that. And I'm really glad that we have had the opportunity to, to make the podcast. It was, uh, yeah, we called a few times and we discussed how we wanted to do it. And you can actually go, you can go listen, but could, I think... It must have been one of our first few calls that we ever had. It must have been like within the first five times we ever called and chatted about Spider-Gwen that we recorded the podcast, I think. Yeah, we became pretty fast friends because we had a lot in common. Like we had this, we also even had like a similar pull list regarding Marvel. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were following the similar comics and yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good, it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, yeah, no, it still is really. Because, yep, yeah, the both of us, I think we could talk about Gwen 65, 24, 7, 365. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, no, we, we've we've got a lot of energy to just keep talking about Gwen 65. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's it's still going. Um, yeah. Would it be fair to say that maybe I'm kind of sort of the, the bigger fan than you because I have uh, her Funko Pop and then I bought the other two that I showed you pictures of from my haul at Fan Expo earlier. And then I also have um, the backpack. I also have the uh, Gwenum Funko Pop. I also have um, the Pocket Pop, the keychain. Um, I also have the Kotobukiya statue, the Scotty Young statue, and and then the um and then I bought Edge of Spider Verse number two at a trade show five years ago that I sent into CGC like finally a few months ago. Got it back. If it comes down to merchandising, then yes, you you're very much winning. That said, if we rate our fandomness by uh, by Funko Pops owned, you you would beat me on all of the fandoms, every single fandom. I'm pretty sure at this point. So, I think I think that'd be a losing battle for me on that front. Um, on Funko Pops, Funko Pops alone, honestly. I recently had Venom on the throne. Right now, I think he's pop number uh, one fifty eight. Venom on the throne. 158 Funko Pops. Wow. And I have three pending. Three pending. Wow. It's it's been yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot of Funko Pops. And then eventually, when they uh, make the M Jarnage pop, you can bet your asses I'm getting that one too. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely gonna get that one at least. But yeah, it's. Uh, I I think I think you've you've definitely had a more prolonged interest in in Spider Gwen specifically than me. I think that would be very fair uh, assessment. Because I think it was all based on um accessibility. Yeah. And then there's also like um who started comics first or like. Because when I was getting into Spider Gwen, even before reading her, like um I was so freaking excited when. Uh, um, when Marvel announced that in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon that she would m- be making her debut there in animation. Yeah, those were early days as well. So it's, um, yeah, you know, it checks out. So yeah, like, I, I think I pretty much have you beat for, like, fondness of Gwen. Is that fair to say? I think I think long term, absolutely, yeah. 
but you know all in all we're both uh big fans of spider gwen and i'm really glad i can call you my like a like a one of my i think i would call you a close friend oh absolutely yeah we're close friends yeah i think i think we've we've bonded a lot over over making spider gwen stuff it's been nice really good yeah and there's no other spider gwen podcast out there that that's well that's ongoing right now because there was a one a few years ago that ended when the latour run ended and it was called the ultimate spin really that was just spider gwen oh no miles two. Oh, uh interesting uh yeah i see um okay but to our knowledge this is the only spider gwen podcast out there Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are other people who, who talk about Spider-Man. They're just not recording themselves while they do it like us. So, um, yeah. But I think us, by advocating, I'm convinced that this is how we got Gwenverse. I think, uh, you know, if you, if, if, you, if you publicly make Marvel aware that people are like thinking and talking about which comics they're renewing, they will pay attention to that in some way. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's us specifically or people more generally, but like if you draw attention to the fact that like they have dropped certain storylines, you, 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 you give writers at least the push to try and consider reincorporating them back into the, uh, the characters they write, even if Marvel don't necessarily renew the book how you want it to be renewed, you know? Yeah, I'm just glad that there's more Gwen content out there just so we can have something to talk about and this show can keep going. Absolutely. I, I'd, yeah, no, I, and I, I remember you saying it to me because often I'd, I'd get really doubtful that they'd renew Ghost Spider and, and you'd say to me, well, you know, Gwen's just too big to fail at this point with the, with the film going on and all that. So, you know, I think it's fair to say that I think Gwen's going to get continued appearances hopefully into the future and we won't have any delays like what we have done. Yeah, and uh, and this is also like a, this is also a matter of um, introducing new readers into these kinds of comics because if you tell a recent comic fan right now, uh, Gwen Stacy, they're gonna especially the younger ones, they're gonna think, oh, Ghost Spider. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it it will be better as um, awareness of Gwen's brand kind of gets a bit stronger and she seems like because if you look at a lot of her appearances like the way she appears in Spider-Verse event proper the way she appears in the Into the Spider-Verse film um um and all of those like animated appearances like Ultimate Spider-Man they kind of all kind of miss the vibe um and I and I do think we're getting to a point now where when Gwen does appear in things the vibe seems better like people seem to have like read and properly digested her comics um, in a way that they haven't really before, I think, as much, maybe. I don't know if that's a little bit uncharitable, but that's just the impression I've I've had. I personally think that the, the other way to introduce her to, especially the uh, younger audience, is uh, to um, make a TV show about her, although I keep uh, pitching the TV 14 version. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah no, I, I personally would, would be most interested to see an animated like that would be i think that'd be cool like an animated gwen 65 series or about 65 adapting a solar runs because the closest thing that we have to a gwen centric show was a uh, marvel rising because she was the main character in three out of the seven installments yeah it's been yeah so yeah it's there's a lot of i can't remember the point we were making now uh what was it again <laughs> all about um getting gwen to the wider audience yeah i th- I, th- I think we'll see it happen now i think in a more meaningful way than maybe what we have done in the past yeah because i think the only exposure to uh the, the little kids right now is disney jr spidey and his amazing friends because gwen's uh, uh one of the uh, lead characters in it yeah 
Um, yeah, let's, I think I think I think that's the, that is that is the spot where you generate the fans. Like, like a lot of kids are just fans of Spider Man because they they've seen him in stuff like that. Like they're not really like following the comics per se. Like the branding reaches them, and then they latch onto different looks and like vibes and stuff. And that's just kind of how it goes, which is okay. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world. I don't think. Yeah, I think the main point we're trying to make is that. Yep. Um. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a lot of flack for saying this, but I think Gwen 65 is the superior Gwen Stacy. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think definitely has become a more fleshed out and nuanced character and, and, and certainly much less prone to the sort of the more problematic stuff, which, which could like, you know, I, I think like there was, there was kind of just a lot of like dudes writing Gwen 616 just to say it could be in a love interest, you know? Uh, yeah. and, and no disrespect to, to, to Gwen 616 and her fans who have obviously had a very rough time of it but yeah no it's um you know I'm grateful that it's in the place that it is like right now you know yeah and uh and you rem- remember how um we first recorded like uh because we were yeah like you said baby podcasters yeah I, I I do and uh I I think uh yeah so so the way we we record podcasts now by uh we we break it down uh, more specifically into i should say like synopsis and then review but the first time that we recorded and in fact i think the second maybe as well uh is we did this thing where we um we would synopsize each page and review it at the same time and we'd go through each page like that and even the notes that we were working from were like a combination of the two and it was it was a lot messier if you listen to it it's it's a lot more it's it's not as polished as what it is now um it's in a much yeah much better place now i think and i also kind of sounded a little bit different because back then i was using a shitty ass microphone you have a you have a very nice microphone now um yeah you know, it's yeah uh but yeah back then it was a little bit different but yeah it's i i think i think i think we got a lot more polish these days between the two of us yeah, because how um you actually had the idea to turn it into a synopsis and then review. Yeah, well, what what it was, it was listening to the um Spider Woman podcast, Tenorius to Fear Her, with Saren and Ray, and realizing that was how they were doing it is that they would they would do the synopsis so that you know like even if you even if you'd never heard of whoever the character was, right, you could listen to it and get a gist of the story we're talking about. I think a lot of internet stuff is that way. You like you review it like that you, a lot of it is summary but that felt like the way to sort of minimize the the amount of time you spent summarizing basically and yeah it gives it the most polish i think certainly uh, i feel much better about sharing the podcast episodes we've done since we've started that format rather than um a lot of the stuff we've done well because yeah in fairness we were just starting like we didn't we didn't know what the hell we were doing at first no no we didn't i mean i mean we knew what we were talking about like we knew that well, but it was just, it was, it was getting the, it was getting, it, it was, it was promoting the right environment so that we could talk about stuff. And I, and I think having the synopsis does that because it means that all of like the stuff that needs to be summarized, has been summarized and, um, you know, anything else. And obviously we can, we can, we can do off the cuff, but, um, but yeah, like, yeah, it's, I, I think there's a lot more polish. I think for maybe the, um, actually, I think it was the spider women episode. I think it was from that one onwards. We had that kind of polish um and that and that really worked for us quite well yeah because that was kind of um like gwen gets her like status quo all mixed up like all turned upside down and then that's when the stuff gets really good from that point yeah absolutely no i agree 
I think um angsty Gwen is good Gwen. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it does. Uh, and I think, like, don't get me wrong, I really like the opening few arcs of Spider-Gwen, but I, I think a lot of it is establishing stakes that they kind of use later on in a more interesting way. Um, and and I guess there's just a feeling, like, especially reading that original Spider-Gwen run, of things ramping up. Things are always ramping up towards something, you know, like, and even, and 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 you, 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 I remember reading each issue like faster than the one before when I first started reading that comic, just just to one and see what happens, um, and and you do, yeah, you do sort of get an impression from um, this stuff as well, like that you sort of you you you're going towards something, um, and I like that vibe. I have to go on the record that like when I bought the Omni last year, that was the actual first time. I got to read Spider Gwen in full instead of just jumping onto Gwenum. Yeah, so like, uh, yeah, like physically, you mean? Yeah. I see. Because I only started from Gwenum onwards because I only like read about her history and all of these video essays and stuff about you know quick introduction to uh, Spider Gwen and then what happened in this arc and then so on and so forth. Because I didn't have money. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's. I I will say, and and it's something we've spoken a little bit about in the podcast. Is there is an accessibility issue with a lot of comics, right? A lot of them have this kind of like, you know, you compare it to films, the reach of films, the reach of uh, television series, uh, streaming, and these have much higher saturation rates among audiences, uh, especially younger audiences, uh, like their ability to just access this stuff. And um, I, I will say a lot of the reason I started reading comics when I did wasn't because like I had more time or because I had any of these things, but simply because it was just, it, it, you know, like I got a Marvel Unlimited su- subscription and um, I had the disposable income for that and a bank account to do that. Before then, my local comic book store closed, uh, and like during my like teen years, like when I was a kid, you know, there was just nowhere to read comics. Um, and it's only because since I became an adult that I have been able to to read comics, even though that was something I always kind of wanted to do. Like I still have single issues back from when I had time to go to a local comic book store and, and buy stuff. So it's, you know, they're, they're in a weird place now. And some people will say, well, you know, it's actually really easy to read comics. You know, you can get comics this place and that place, and you can you can get this app and this service and this thing the problem is that a lot of this isn't communicated well if it, even if it is accessible to you know especially international audiences um outside of the u.s um so it's it, it's it's they're in a very very strange place at the moment they simply uh, and, and a lot of people will say single issues is the problem a lot of people will say this but i think a big part of the problem with comic books is they essentially you know there's kind of this big comic there's the creative battery right uh for them to make films and television out of and they don't see it as something that needs to spread in its own right um and and yeah like it's um yeah it is an issue i think and it's something we try and talk about when we can uh on the podcast it's just that like we want more people to be able to read comics especially like you know like kids who watch the mcu right and and that that's that's all they get right they don't they don't have any other context or anything like and they and they have to get all the comic knowledge from youtube videos yeah. And then, you know, when they actually do start to buy comics, it also actually helps the industry out because let's say you like a certain character. Well, when you buy that comic of the certain character and um, depending on the sales, if the sales are high, then like that encourages the publisher to keep printing more comics about this character. 
Yeah, and um, I, 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 like again, I don't think that's like it's a super great metric because, like, uh, then you then you end up like waiting, not necessarily by who would have the most readers, but like which readers have the most buying power, um, and that, and that, again, that skews it towards a particular demographic, and and yeah, it's just um, it's it's all around. I, I'd say like there's there's a lot of changes which you, you'd want to see really from uh, the comic book industry that just aren't aren't there, you know, and I don't uh, I don't want to point fingers uh, anything in particular but what i would say is that like we just we need to really move away from maybe a more geriatric way that like comic books are considered towards something that's a bit more um, teeth behind it you know something which really believes in in the medium and tries different ways of publishing and there are there are there are certain publishers trying it like tko but but uh the big changes will only come from from if marvel and dc really try and push it to and and yeah i guess i guess we'll see I guess, I guess we'll see how it goes and see what the future holds for comic books. Yeah, because personally, I feel that um, like a character's fate shouldn't be decided by sales figures. Like, If the writer wants a character-defining story to be written all the way to the end, they should just l- let them. Yeah, 100%. And I think there just needs to be more confidence behind that. I think it needs to be less of like... You see Netflix having the same approach, right? Where, where they'll wait... Uh, like the the debut of a story like they'll give it the first season they'll give it the first arc and then after that point you know who knows it's probably gonna get cancelled because it doesn't make as much money but that means you have a lot of incomplete stories um which is really really not ideal i think before we get into too tangential about sales figures and stuff let's actually look back on our favorite stuff that we've done on the show yeah um so uh i think one of the things we want to talk about is maybe like the guests we've brought on. We've had quite a few guests over the course of our podcast. Yeah, our very first guest was um, Laura when we were doing uh, All New Wolverine Annual Number One. Yes, uh, yeah. So we had Laura on uh, because she's a huge Laura Kinney stan, and and yeah, we wanted that voice there while we did that podcast because there was obviously a lot of All New Wolverine, and yeah, like it's um, we had a really good time there, and that was our first that that was like maybe one of our first like that fourth episode maybe. No, it was episode five. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so it's um it's a little bit back now, but yeah, that was that yeah. Immediately after we had Laura. Uh, because we were doing spider women at the time appropriately we had invited saren and ray on yeah so saren and ray do the um spider woman to know her is to fear her podcast and you know we'd been listening to that and we're quite inspired by it obviously for the format there so so you know we sort of felt like we owed it to him to have them on to talk jessica drew and yeah we had a we, we had a really good like honestly that's one of my favorite recordings and that has to be what like our fifth or sixth yeah, that's our that was our sixth episode and that was also that's also our longest one to date because i think when you have four people on it's gonna go for like at least two hours yeah we had four people on um and we had something like seven issues to cover as well yeah and and then we also got into a lot of tangents including saren's long rant about pizza which i enjoyed yeah i remember that uh there's a lot of pizza discussion and yeah no like it was that was a really good podcast episode i think we had a really good time doing that and if marvel ever does a spider women 2 i i think we're gonna have them back on again absolutely yeah no i I think and i think yeah next time we have a good jessica drew spider Gwen team up i think we absolutely gotta have folks like that on well according to mcguire um um, she thinks that um she and jess should hang out more often yeah, I, I think like I think the amount it's like don't get me wrong, I like the Peter Parker stuff, but really Jessica Drew should be taking priority over Pete and you know, Spider Women solidarity, you know. Remember the Spider Women have a brunch together. 
Yeah, they do. And like, you know, what's happening with that? You know, what's going on with it? That Pete's never invited to because not everything has to be about him. No, it does not. It does not. And then several episodes later for our Matt Murdock uh, lesson, we had Dallas. We had Dallas on. Dallas is very cool. Uh, Dallas does a couple of different comics podcasts. Now, he he does um, the Comics Collective, which is obviously what he was doing at the time. But since then, uh, he started doing What's Next with Evan. And yeah, like Dallas is, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's read a lot of comic books. He reads a lot of comic books. He knows a lot about. And it was it was fun to have him on uh, with his perspective about, um, what do you call it, Spider-Man's pajamas or something, or underwear. It was, it was something funny like that. And remember how he had to educate you on that Hell's Kitchen was a real place? Yes, Hell's Kitchen is real. Hell's Kitchen isn't a place that Marvel made up in New York. It's a real... That, yeah, that blew my mind. Would that say that that's actually your embarrassing moment in your life? It's one of very many, so many moments to choose from in my life. I think I'm just going to share that my most embarrassing moment was um like it wasn't until 5 years ago that I found out that um with uh, um Saran wrap and tin foil there's flaps on the side that you can just punch in and it's going to hold the roll in place. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, that that's like that's my most embarrassing moment because I never <laughs> like I only found out like when I was 18. Oh man, that's wild. And then a couple episodes later, we had Anne on. She was so cool. We and we also got to initiate her on Spider Gwen in general. Yeah, that was her, like her first, like her first ever like Spider Gwen reading, like proper reading. So that was that was that was pretty neat that we got to do that with her. Yeah, that was a good time. That was a good time. And then just a while ago, we had Evan on to do uh, Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed that. We had a good, we had a really good time there. And uh, yeah, Evan yeah, knew that film well. And the thing is that the thing I felt bad about, right, was that like Evan listens to like every one of our episodes from what I understand. So hi, Evan. Um, he's very, very cool. Um, and he's doing What's Next, which is a really cool podcast. So, you know, he's he's, he's doing this sort of stuff. And I started to think like, what can we invite Evan on? Like, because the thing is, he he's he's just learning about Spider-Gwen as he reads along with us. Like, he's not a prior Spider-Gwen reader. And I was like, what can we bring him on for? That would be like a good initiation thing, like what we did with him. Like, and like, and, and then there was not a lot of good jumping on points at this point. However, we hadn't done Into the Spider-Verse, the film, which was perfect for that. So yeah, so we, that's, that's what we did. And yeah. It turned out, turned out really well. It was a nice episode then. And then um, the guest that we really got like all hyped up for, like we've had her like in our minds since we started um, conceiving the podcast, the one and only Seanan McGuire. Absolutely. Having Seanan on is, was an experience. Um, yeah, that was fantastic. And yeah, that, we, we had a really, really good time. Op- opened a lot of information about the comic that we didn't know about that was all very interesting and yeah no very grateful for that yeah how for example that um kosei if everyone if anyone remembers kosei that originally he was going to be working for warren yeah yeah that was the way that was going to go she wasn't going to make a new friend a new love interest it was going to be a subversion and uh yeah i should have seen that one coming and then the whole splintering symbiote stuff yeah um because i had speculation that that was a secret carnage origin story and um Technically, she did confirm that. Yeah, I guess I guess it kind of all works out in the end, you know. Yeah, because she said that um, you know, because it was a splintering in the first place because it was getting ready to reproduce, and then all of those spiders would have eventually found their way to MJ. Yeah, but then the book got canned. It did that. It did it got very canned. 
But then she also did say that the cancellation actually served that plan well. Uh, yeah, like it, it did give it an, a good opportunity to get like get in there and do different, um, like a different angle on it, and uh, maybe a more fitting environment for Carnage to appear, maybe than what was initially planned, which was good. But I am just hoping that like when they eventually do relaunch her book, that they get Maguire back just so she can finish all of the stuff that she wanted to do and then essentially give her her character defining run just like the same way Jason Latour did his character defining run or how Donny Cates did his Venom character defining run. Yeah, no, I I, I just think that Seanan should have been given a full go of it, you know, Um, a full complete sort of arc there it just sort of felt a lot like you know with all the different crossover issues and the relaunch and the rename that like Sean and never really got a full go at it and yeah it felt like we were cheated out a lot of interesting comics there because apparently back then there's a pandemic raging yeah I mean I mean obviously there's a lot of um other circumstances going on which which uh which which didn't help with things the pandemic definitely cemented the cancellation yeah. and um you know like several other things went off yeah the only helpful thing that COVID did was um retool the M Jarnage origin yeah basically Overall, yeah, it was really, really fun to have a Sean on. And uh, um, if the relaunch just so happens to have her back again, we'll probably have her back again. Hey, yeah, let's hope so. Like, I, th- I think, I think all of these people that we've we've had on have been very, very cool, and it'd be lovely to have them on again. Yeah, and then <laughs> are we gonna start uh, going on to a segment that we've done that's considered favorites? Yes. So I think. Um... Yeah, like what? What we've we've had we've had a few podcast like bits that we've done. Um, yeah, like how my favorite is the uh, Stacy swear jar because I'm just counting the amount of times that Gwen cusses whenever she says fuck or shit because, well, what angsty adolescent doesn't swear? Yeah, no, there is something about Gwen's cussing that that lands different, and I I like that we had that little bit to draw attention to it when when writers would remember. Yeah, and so far she only has $43 in the swear jar because the last time she cussed was in King and Black Gwen versus Carnage number one. And then so far she's not cussing in Gwen verse. No, yeah. We got three more issues to find out if Tim Seeley is going to make her cuss. Yeah. We'll find out there. Um and there's also your your agenda for the next Gwen Stacy writer as well. Yeah, that's only just in case if uh, Maguire gets passed up in favor of another writer. But I'd really like if uh, uh, Clay McLeod Chapman uh, wrote Ghost Spider one day because, uh, well, four of her current villains are horror themed. And that's kind of Chapman's shtick, like just horror themed Mm. stuff. And I love what he did with Andy. I still love what he's doing with Andy, except for killing the Scream symbiote. But I feel like he does have a voice for Gwen because she and Andy have a lot in common. Yeah, no, I I, I really like what Chapman did with the Andy Benson uh, stuff. So yeah, no, I, I you know I, I see it for Gwen. I see it for Gwen. Yeah, absolutely. Like the horror ghost spider book. Yeah. If it's called the haunting ghost spider, maybe that's what Clay could write. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we could write the Clay McLeod Chapman book at this rate. Yeah, that'd be great. The haunting ghost spider. It's only because, well, the on the record, the four villains that I'm talking about that are horror themed are Jackal, Man Wolf, Sue Storm, and M Jarnage. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, 
yeah, I'd be I'd be really down for a Clay McLeod Chapman one sixty five book. Um, yeah, and um, as said earlier, uh, we we have we have covered every all the Gwen Solo books. We did it. We got them all out there. There is reviews and summaries for all of the Gwen Stacy comics. Gwen 65 comics, that is, I should say. And yeah, um, what would you say your favorite arc was out of the lot there? I think um, I think I was pretty clear in like in some previous episodes how much I would allude to it. Uh, my favorite arc was King in Black, Gwendam versus Carnage, because other than being such a big symbiote stan, yet this is like a culmination of, you know, all of the times that Gwen has neglected her friendship with MJ. It's all coming home to roost. Yeah, that was good. Slapped. And then, yeah, this makes Gwen reevaluate her standing in her friendship with MJ. Yeah, it was, yeah. it's... um. It's good stuff. Yeah, no, definitely one of my favorites. I think I think maybe mine's uh either the Guana Mark from the original run or I wanna say my favorite single issue other than the debut one is Spider Gwen Goes Spider number four. With the Spider Geddon tie in arc. Yeah, that's a good one. It's very good. It's very good. Um yeah, we've also done all of the crossovers and like adjacent Gwen appearances um in the time since doing the solo run. Um and and I think our mileage varied a bit more with this. We didn't we didn't have because obviously we we really like Gwen sixty five and her comics. But when she's in other people's comics, then then things start to happen. But yeah, we had a lot of good ones in there. But it was a mixed bag. It was a mixed bag. That's for sure. Yeah, it was because even though like uh, most of them are good, like there was just that one little flaw that didn't sit right with us. Like for example, in uh, Web Warriors, we love uh, how she's portrayed in Web Warriors, except for the perky part. She's a little too upbeat. She should not be the happiest character on a team. Like that seems, at least for what she was going through at the same time as Web Warriors, very strange. Well, she hasn't lost her powers at that point yet. No, she hadn't. But yeah, no, I, I like I like the way, way, way that Gwen was done in that. She's kind of like that solo spirit. And yeah, we did Web Warriors. We did um, we did the Spider Verse, Spider Geddon events as well. Clone Conspiracy, where uh, like she was competently wrote by Dan Slott. Yeah, Clone Conspiracy was strange because like like Gwen was written well, and like they'd even managed to get a bit of the angst and stuff in there. But they'd uh, they they'd just written a really kind of like rubbish event. So, like, Gwen was fine, but she's, like, surrounded by the badness. Uh, like, if you liked any of the other characters, you were having a hard time with it. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was an interesting comic to read. Yeah, I think it's because, um, you know, she has to deal with the fact that, um, that the Gwen 616 clone is also in the uh, same event as her, and Peter thinks that the clone is more real than Gwen 65. Yeah, uh, which is which is you know it got quite quite existential, and I and I do think that there is uh, an interesting conversation to be had there, but I don't I don't know if that was it. I don't know if that nailed it quite. But I really did like that friendship bond that she had with Kane because they both have to go through being seen as not the real person. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I yeah, I like that. There, that was good. Yeah, it's their shared angst complex. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it's like it was a nice, nice little, nice little uh, ally ship that they built up there. It was, it was pleasant. We support the Gwen Kane friendship. Not the Gwen Kane ship ship. Importantly, um, no, we don't ship that. It's either if she was a couple of years older or Kane was a couple of years younger. Uh, let's just see what happens. 
I, I, I mean, I mean, with the with the, him having Peter Parker's face and Peter Parker being all like like a major thing in her trauma, or I don't know, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I'd ship it even then. Or maybe a fling at best. <laughs> it 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 would it would be messed up. Freud would have words, I'm sure. Um, yeah, they're just friends. Besides, Kane already has a woman in mind before she ran away from him in fear. Yep, Kane has a lot of baggage. Yeah. And then there's this one particular crossover arc that you really didn't want to do, but we had to do it anyway because Gwenverse got pushed. Gwenverse did get pushed. What what was what what comment was that? It's something from Nick Spencer's library called Last Remains. I don't I don't remember reading that. I don't I don't I I don't I, what what is that comic? You can deny it all you want, but there's uh, three episodes that we did as concrete proof that we did it. See, I know I definitely wouldn't make three episodes of a podcast about Last Remains. I know I wouldn't do that. That that doesn't sound like me. That doesn't that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> but in Doctor Strange's words, it was the only way. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, we filled time. I think that's yeah. what happened. There. But yeah, Gwen in Last Remains, like she was all over the place. Yeah, I think we made a good podcast, at least, even if it wasn't a good comic. Um, and yeah, Gwen featured in interesting ways in that. And um, yeah, and because that was our last canonical appearance for a while, actually, as well. Well, well, before King and Black went in versus Carnage, and, uh, chronologically wise. Of course, yeah. But yeah, I think um, we're low about this just because it completely glossed over the ending of um well it completely glossed over the party people arc yeah um a lot of stuff doesn't quite seem to be wanting to pick up what mcguire was doing i I don't think the editorial motivation is there and without mcguire getting more comics i just don't think it's going to happen it's just going to keep getting glossed over which is a shame and it comes through in stuff like last remains and even in the current comic coming out gwenverse so yeah. those things because yeah it's like if it weren't for the null name drop in gwenverse number two um, you could have forgotten that King and Black Wenham versus Carnage even happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you know, obviously, this this is the problem with like this kind of long term continuity uh, storytelling, which occurs with multiple creators uh, when you've got licensed comic books, right? Like this, is you you obviously you want to read a particular story, you want to read a particular character, and you're here for that. Uh, but at the same time, a creator obviously has their own story and and their own spin that they want to tell. You know, to what extent should they be obliged to continue the story of the previous writer? Uh, you know, and, and it's a difficult question because you know, to a point, you know, you're there to read that, but also at the same time, you don't want to be you know, you know, I don't I don't want to be here saying creators have to do this, creators have to do that. Um, you know, and it's wrong if they choose to do their own thing but you know at the same time it does make me sad that you know we won't see some stories being finished because the writer's not able to to finish the story yeah because at least um if the writer is not able to finish their story then at least the person who picks up gwen next should have some sort of continuity sense yeah or at least did their homework enough to know what's going on yeah i um you know, like, and that's the thing, like, you know, to how much homework should a writer have to do? You know, at the end of the day, should should you just be able to pluck a random writer off the street, give them give them a pitch and have them write it? Or, you know, like, it's one of those things. It's, 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 it's an awkward one, because obviously I don't want to be here, like, making demands of creators. But at the same time, I do think that the, the most 
constructive thing to do is to talk about how much we like certain Spider-Gwen stories and, you know, why we like them. And, you know, if, if a writer chooses to pick them up off, off the back of, of support that they see for a particular comic book, I think that's different. And I think that's healthier um, and a more, more constructive approach, rather. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair to ask. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this kind of this is kind of our future outlook here. Then I guess um, going forward. Yep. So um, so we're doing Gwenverse right now, and obviously we're gonna cover the rest of Gwenverse in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna continue doing those. We're gonna do the end of the Spider Verse comic and adjacent Ghost Spider appearances and the the tie-ins for that. Yeah. And um and there's probably um depending on how much Gwen shows up in Mech Strike Monster Hunters, maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Maybe. There's all kinds of places where Gwen could pop up, and you know we will be here. We will be waiting. We're ready. We are hawk-eyed, vulture-eyed, even for Gwen appearances. It also counts the uh, um, Spider-Verse Unlimited comics whenever there's a Gwen-centric arc. Yeah, yeah, once those wrap up, you know, we're going to look back and go, you know, sift through, through those for the, the Gwen appearances. Um, another thing we'd like to do, because obviously we mentioned we did it for Sean and Maguire, but we, we'd like to interview creatives who are associated with Gwen. Um, and, you know, obviously we can't say names but like you know if if we can it'd be pretty nifty if we could talk to more people about what it's like to write and draw and create spider-man comics so we're gonna we're gonna try and look into that and we'll yeah. we'll, we'll keep you updated we'll, we'll let you know you know i have one particular person in mind and i sort of kind of already have them in the books if they were to draw gwen 65 yeah, yeah right ryan stegman you, you're you're the biggest ryan stegman stand out honestly <laughs> Winning all those Ryan Stegman competitions. You've done the works. Okay, winning two things doesn't mean I win all of them. Winning every single competition that Ryan Stegman puts out by just being right there, willing to accept <laughs> the prizes. Yeah, I think it's... um. Well, he did say on the air that if he uh, if he ever does even a cover, he'll come on. That'd be very cool. That is that is excellent. I love that. We, we would talk at length with Ryan Stickman <laughs> about his single Spider Gwen cover. That'd be perfect. Because I think chances are, um, if he's drawing the cover, then he's got to know a little bit about the story too. Yeah. Um. And yeah. So uh, I guess, I guess we'll see where things take us. And then, like, I think. <laughs> Do you think the show is going to last long enough to uh, do Across the Spider-Verse? I think there's, there's going to be sustained Spider-Gwen appearances up to that film coming out. Honestly, and I will say this, if it does happen that the day comes along where there are no Ghost Spider appearances and there's no new Ghost Spider news and there's, you know, like... We still have, like, other stuff in the pipeline. We do. We do. We have a lot of stuff to keep us going for a long time. But if the day comes, right, that we do run out, it would be fine and okay to just put things on pause and then return to it when more stuff comes along. And I and I do think we, we're trying to pace ourselves for that possibility. Uh, we're not we're not burning through because because previously we were reading a lot of Spider-Man content very very quickly, right? Like we would we would do an episode every single week um, and we would cover a full arc usually, and we're not at that rate anymore because obviously we, we recognize there isn't like another new series around the corner. We have what we've got and it's a mini series. So should that run out, should the uh, secondary appearances run out, then you know like I think it would be okay for us to put the show on hold at least 
at least if not just to return for Across the Spider-Verse when that comes out, uh, because we'll definitely do an episode on that. Yeah, and yeah, it's like if we do have to go on pause, you know, we'll be just like a Britney. She took a break and now she's back. Yeah, Britney's Britney's doing doing stuff. Good for Britney. But yeah, I think um, if for some reason, if uh, Disney Plus and Marvel or the Disney Channel, whoever decides to make the Ghost Spider show, although my TV 14 version, like it's more likely to go on Disney Plus. We could cover that too. Yeah, yeah, probably. And then there's also like even speaking of animation, like there was also an episode planned about Gwen's appearances in animation. Yeah, that'll be um, that'll be interesting. I think I think yeah, there's there's enough episode, there's enough stuff there to warrant at least one episode, if not more, about other things that Gwen has appeared in animation wise that that aren't Sony animated stuff. No, it's like um, if like if we break down the uh, Marvel Spider Man version of Ghost Spider, where I think we're only just gonna cover the episodes where she's actually participating as Ghost Spider. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff that we have in the future. So I think we're good. Yeah, no, I pe- people have have come forward and asked us, you know, what's our plan long term? You know, without Spider-Man comics, but honestly, there there is enough stuff there to to, to you know to keep going and to keep uh, producing. I think uh, reviews and and you know support for the, 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 like the whole Ghost Spider character. Uh, you know, we feel very strongly about this character and. It speaks to us enough that we we find it quite fun to do this podcast and um you know we're very pleased to be doing it and to have been doing it this long it feels sustainable and good and yeah so uh, i think that concludes so this was this was our anniversary episode we just wanted to like just discuss podcast you know go over anything that uh, listeners might have questions about um go over about you know the health of it and you know just just fun interesting tidbits about us and you know what it's like to make it and yeah uh we're, we're excited and we want you to be excited as listeners as well if you've listened this far into the anniversary episode then you know you are a you, you know you're a, you're a, you're a fan you're a real ghost spider groupie you are the ghost spider groupie like the one um but yeah like you know we 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 appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate uh, you know that you you give you give our voices a time of day, and uh, yeah. we're you know we're looking forward to doing more of this, and we we hope that we we can keep it up. Even though I don't have a cup with me right now, you know I'd like to propose a toast to us and Gwen sixty five. The reason why this podcast exists. Clink clink, <laughs> cheers. All right, so I think, uh, yeah, for the next episode, it's actually going to be a while until you hear us again because uh, Gwen verse number three is going to be released on June 15th. Yeah, June 15th. Damn. So, yeah, it's going to be like, um, well, actually, that's less than four weeks from now. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, we'll be recording it maybe in five then. But unless if some surprise uh, Spider-Verse Unlimited issues, if it's a Gwen-centric arc, because those issues actually release every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so if the uh, next arc just so happens to be about Gwen, and if there's um, a story that happens in between that gap, like, we'll probably cover it. Yeah. But, like, for now, um, we're definitely going to be doing Gwen-Verse number three next month. Yes. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited, but it's a ways off, so we got to wait a bit. It's just those damn delays. I think, um, like maybe they should stop printing paper money and newspapers for a while to get more comic books. Yeah, non-essential things: money, newspapers. Who needs those? <laughs> 
Like, well, all money's made. Of, well, in Canada, some money is made of plastic now, so just use plastic oh, yeah. for a while. Actually, actually, in the UK, I think all our uh, notes are plastic, plastic notes now. So yeah, don't need to print paper money no more. Just use that for the yeah. comic books. Yeah, yeah, the essentials. Um, so yeah, uh, I think I think that concludes that concludes our podcast. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, pretty awesome year so far, and. Yeah, that's pretty much everything. Great stuff. Thanks, everybody. So until next time, I've been Abigail. And I've been Pax. Bye. Bye.